0: This is a special kind of emergency episode of Recode Media with Peter Kafka. That is me. And I'm talking to Edmund Lee from the New York Times, where he's a corporate media reporter. And in older older times, I used to compete with Ed uh, back when he was at Bloomberg. And in between those two things, Ed was my boss at Recode. Uh, Welcome, Ed.
1: It's about time, man. I I don't know how long it took for me to get on your damn show after all this time.
0: It took a giant unmerger. Uh, to create a giant something else. We are talking, obviously, about AT&T and WarnerMedia and Discovery. Uh, Ed and I have both been working for the last 24 hours on this story. It's happening in real time as we speak. Thanks for making a few minutes to chat about it. Sure. Um, I have so many questions, but here's the big one. What happened? Why did (laughs) AT&T decide five years ago they wanted to spend more than $100 billion, including debt, to buy what was then called Time Warner? And then yesterday, uh, well, today officially, announced, no, 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 actually, it turns out this should be merged with some other asset. And we're going to get it off its off their books. W- what happened within AT&T to prompt this deal?
1: It was a do-over, right? That's what they wanted. Well, look, five years You and years I both ago, literally
0: wrote the same lead, by the way. We both used <laughs> do-over in the lead. So that's how I know, that's man. That's a problem
1: with these things, when, when the story's so obvious, like we're trying to figure out. Uh, well, look, five years ago, you know, the thesis was, look, hey, like, Cell phone service is a commodity, right? Everyone, it, it was saturated, right? Between Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile Sprint, they're effectively the same. They're all just competing on price. They were just stealing customers away from each other, right? So they all decided, well, what can we do to make ourselves look different from the other guy, right? Uh, and so they say, hey, this is Randall Stevenson, who was the CEO of at and at the time, said so he likes this Time Warner asset, right? Which is what it was called before it was renamed Warner Media. And Jeff Bucus at the time was looking for an exit, right? He's like, you know, this is not going to last He was the long former
0: long. CEO of Warner Media. Exactly. Guy. Did one of the best time sales in, in history.
1: Absolutely. This like he pulled off, he he pulled a rabbit out of a hat in that deal and convinced the guys over in Dallas, the, the, the bell heads at AT&T, um, Randall Stevens said, no, 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 this is going to be a good deal for you, right? Um, and I remember distinctly when the press release went out, they basically, AT&T basically cited two reasons for the deal, which was targeted advertising and online video (laughs) like Mm -hmm. 85 billion well 100 billion with debt for for video and ads all right i i don't quite get it um but they thought the thesis the strategy was we'll look different from the other guys and you know even what five years later what are they getting they're you know the idea now is well if you're a if you're a unlimited at&t data subscriber you get free HBO Max. Right. So like it, it, that it, was it, the upsell.
0: It didn't like every one of us said, I don't really understand how this is going to work. I asked Randall Stevenson on stage. I don't understand the rationale for this. I asked John Stanky on stage, who who was at his time as deputy and then eventually the CEO of AT&T. I asked everyone involved in the deal, how why this would work, why this would be different than the Time Warner AOL uh, merger, which is a disaster from, from the 2000 era. No one ever had really a good answer. So it turns out they never found a real answer. So when when do you think John Stanky, who
1: now runs AT&T, said,
0: oh, uh, this isn't a good idea. I should try to unwind it. What do you think provoked that specifically?
1: Well, I, I mean, look, AT&T is what they call a balance sheet company, right? It just it brings in so much cash. It generates so much cash. Um, and their biggest thing is what do they do with that sort of cash that flows in? Uh, so dividends are a big part of how they manage your business. It cre- keeps the stock up. But here's the thing to you know about John Sankey is that before he was CEO, before he became CEO of AT&T, which is like a year or two ago, he was AT&T's chief merger strategist. You know, he actually architected this Time Warner deal. Didn't necessarily initiate it, but you know, Randall told him, "Let's make this work." So he figured out a way to make it work. He also did the Direct TV deal a few years before that. We're going to get to that one too. Yeah, they're they're look, they're both disasters, right? So I think, look, I'll give John Stanky credit for this much, right? I think when he took over, it became clear, even after all the cost cutting he did at at Warner Media, they laid off like 2,000 people and consolidated all the different divisions. He realized, you know what? We don't have enough money to keep this thing going. And part of the reason is because AT&T already has so much debt, and they've now got to fuel this 5G technology, right? They just agreed to spend $23 billion on more airwaves in the recent Spectrum auction, right? AT&T has
0: a lot of debt. They have to pay their shareholders a dividend. They also have to continue running their business, which they have to throw money into to keep it running. But none of those things are surprises. Those are all things they knew going in. Um, and and again, it it wasn't like once John Stanky became CEO, there was a secret door he looked into and had all the, the, the skeletons in there. It was an open secret that this was going to be an issue for them from the time they bought, um, Warner media, which was the whole premise was for them to go up against Netflix, right? right? Right. Spending $17 billion a year on content. One of the questions was, even though you're now owned by this giant phone company, will you have enough money to actually compete? Um, and there's a great Joe Flint profile of Jason Kyler, who is currently, well, I don't know what his title is now, but he's in theory the, the CEO of Warner media, the, where, the lame
1: duck CEO of Warner media is probably yes, the
0: way of putting it where somewhere in the end, uh, Joe Flint pro- says, Hey, Jason Kyler, I hear that all your guys are worried that Warner media isn't going to get enough cash from AT&T to run your business. What do you think about that? And Jason Kyler, who knows how to speak to the press and not speak to the press goes, Hmm, spicy. Right. So it is an open secret that AT&T is not going to be able or not willing to fund this project in the way that its competitors are. It's not putting the resources in that Disney is. I, I guess we don't know is the real answer. We just don't know what prompted... John Stanky to unwind this deal, enormous deal, to also unwind this direct TV deal. That's the satellite TV company that he bought for $67 billion, including debt, and now is worth something less than $16 billion. We just don't know, sort of,
1: if he got a tap in the middle of the night and said, change yeah. or else. Or he had some revelation. I, look, I, I think that's fair. I also think it's worth noting that. You know, within you know, not long after they bought uh, Time Warner, uh, an activist investor came on the scene, Elliott Management. They mm-hmm. they basically said, "Hey, we don't understand your media strategy either, and <laughs> we want also this Direct TV thing makes no sense for you to continue to hold on to." And they made all these recommendations, and they're kind of following through on them. One on the of the recommendations,
0: recommendations was fire John Stanky, which didn't happen.
1: <laughs> didn't happen, but the, the I think they questioned if he was the best leader for Warner Media. They got Jason Kyler to do that, right? Um, but here's the thing, now it's even better for AT&T shareholders because you know what? I'm gonna take off some of that debt, put it into this new company we're spinning off. So if you're Elliot, you're like, hey, that not a bad, maybe not a bad play, looks like our, the, the, our pressure tactics worked. There's also something more sort of existential here, right? Which is, there's been this long history of like corporate outsiders thinking they're smarter than Hollywood, right? That they can come in mm-hmm. and like, you know what? <laughs> bloated business. You guys don't know how to run things. You know There's a much more efficient, cheaper way to do what you're doing. And they get in there, they open it up, and they're like, oh, no, the talent likes to get paid a lot of money. And content is expensive, no matter how you try to do it. And they
0: leave town, and it's embarrassment. And and the Japanese have done this. Big conglomerates used to do it. There's one very potent counterexample where this has worked, which is Netflix, Yes, which used to be a DVD by mail company up in Silicon Valley, showed up in Hollywood, threw a ton of money around and have succeeded so wildly that everyone is now trying to copy them. And that is really what's going on. Everyone wants to create their own Netflix, whether they actually are capable of doing it or not. They're they're trying to say they're doing it. Uh, And by the way, that's that's what this new we've even talked about Discovery. But this new company, which is Discovery and Warner Media, is supposed to be sort of a pure play Video company that is now supposed to take on Netflix. What do right. we think of that combined company? It's it's HBO, it's Warner Media, it's a bunch of reality TV shows from Discovery, and it's we a like lot of it.
1: sports, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, Discovery owns a lot of sports overseas, Eurosport, and and Warner Media's got you know a lot of NBA and MLB stuff on their TNT, TBS cable networks. So there's something there. Maybe look, I, I think it's a nice combination in that there's no there's little overlap, right? That that's a smart play in that way. The, both David Zaslav and John Stanky in the presser this morning sort of made a whole big deal about oh we're gonna have you know we spend twenty billion dollars a year on content right it, it's it's a nice round mm-hmm. number which is bigger than Netflix's sixteen billion that they spent on content here's the thing though most of that twenty billion is spent on linear channels which is the the old the old school the, media the business stuff, right? that's dying the business that's dying that it's has a fewer, big fewer... profitable
0: business throws off a lot of money but it's exactly shrinking.
1: and you know I. I did. I was able to get Zazov on the phone for just a really brief bit uh, this morning, and I kind of pressed him on that. So, what? How are you allocating that money exactly, right? And he didn't really give a straight answer, except to say that you know what, these traditional businesses are very compelling because they have huge cash flow, <laughs> right? So, that you know who told of- me that?
0: You know who told me that a couple of months ago? <laughs> Jason Kyler. Uh-
1: <laughs> exactly. So, what are we talking about here? It's like we're talking about this like sort of weird pivot that all these guys are trying to make. It's like. There's so much profit here that's dying, but that the business is dying. And there's so much upside in consumers here, but it still loses tons of money, right? So how do I make this switch without losing my shirt, right? And I think that's, you know, I haven't seen any one of these guys, maybe Disney, arguably, but none of these guys have really sort of taken that huge leap. Kyler, I think, has been had been trying to, especially with Doing day and date release mm-hmm. of the big blockbuster films on HBO Max, right? So but even then, of, he
0: even then he had, was working with the parameters. I mean, right. when when I talked to him, he said this day and date thing we did, where you're going to stream all the movies at home or see them in the theater, that was right. a pandemic only thing. We're going back to a more traditional model, sort we'll go back of to next windowing, year. Right? Theatrical he also said we're, right. we're not giving up on traditional TV. We're we're not stripping that. We're gonna that thing will continue to throw off money. We're not right. abandoning it yet. Everyone wants it both ways. Yes. yes. Um. This is a little petty because I'm recording this in sweatpants and uh, I'm sitting on the floor of my bedroom next to dirty laundry. But the presser they did have this morning did not. We've seen a lot of these things did not look like a well-oiled thing that people supposedly. uh, I think you guys reported this uh, Zaslav and and Stanky have been planning this for months and months and months. Um, It looked like something they'd slapped together briefly. Zaslav was reading off some some paper. There was no teleprompter. Um, did did this thing come together pretty quickly or do you think this really was in the works for months and months?
1: So, no, it was pretty quickly, by quickly, I'm, I'm saying like three months, like February is when they started really talking. Um, apparently Zaslav had it in his head that he was going to go talk to John Stanky at the, um, Pebble Beach Pro-Am, which AT&T sponsors right back in February, this middle of February you know, pandemic, they're both at home. So instead, David just sends an email to John Stanky and says, Hey, are you around? I've got an idea is literally what he sent him an email. And, you know, they kept the the, the circle really, really tight. Right. Um, and and t John Stanky, they, you know, he, he's been burned before by the media and the press, um, including by, you know, yours truly. So when I say burned, I mean, exposed, I guess you want to say. Um, yes. Ed, so Ed, he, Ed, he can... Ed, Ed,
0: I'm going to give you credit. Ed, Ed, <laughs> Ed unearthed a, uh, uh, an all hands or semi all hands uh, meeting slash interview between Stanky and Richard Plepler. This was in the early days of the, uh, the AT&T of takeover it, yeah. that, that augured a, a discomfort between the two sides.
1: Well, I just, I mean, it was a video that I actually got and uh-huh. I was watching this and my jaw was on the floor just seeing just as you described
0: you faces. described it as an audio recording and then you changed. No, I your edit described
1: you, it as a recording and No, say you, audio you, you, yeah. you tweeted
0: about the video and then you deleted it because you didn't want to burn your sources <laughs> i saw what you did
1: you saw what i did all right so you mentioned uh,
0: there was a was a tight circle jason kyler was not informed about was this not until recently
1: until like my colleague um brooks barnes reported this just now i mean not until and we have other sources saying it as well like late last week is when he was yeah. alerted so um Kept the circle tight and, um, you know, they, they, you know, not until leaked on Sunday. So the fact that they had this release already for Monday morning early told us that, you know, they were were always planning on announcing it this Monday today. And so, um, you know, credit to them for keeping a lid on it. The Bloomberg News, you know, they They got the the deal.
0: Um, So. People know about Jason Kyler. He's been a public figure. If you're into media, you've been following him. Again, he's been on my podcast. They're again a big profile of him. David Zaslov is someone, if you are in a certain media world you know about, he throws a big party. In the Hamptons, yes. um, he likes to be out and about with a certain kind of media mogul crowd and, and some of us reporters. But I think for most people, they this will be the first they've seen of him. Tell us about David Zaslav, who he is, how he got to this position.
1: So he's he's the last of the old guard of the media world. You know, we're, we know we talk about guys like John Malone and Rupert Murdoch and 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 others, and you know, Zaslav is sort of that generation right after. Right, but he sort of tries to emulate that that style, and you know, I've I've known him for years. You have as well, I know, and he's great at he's a great salesman. He can like you know rattle off ratings on a specific show on a specific night right off the top of his head. It's amazing like how he's got all these facts and figures in his head, but he's also great at sort of selling you on what's great about it. You know, so he is sort of the perfect media guy for this, and you know, he likes to hobnob. He's he's that. He's the guy at Sun Valley who was willing to talk to reporters. Sun Valley is that annual. Yeah, no, he loves reporters. Right? What
0: what is he good at besides talking to us, right? So Jeff Buchus was a financial engineer. Right. He 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 assembled and then disassembled. Time Warner created this thing. that could get bought. Rupert Murdoch is a programmer. You know, he's really good at at selling a certain kind of media product. He's very hands-on. Um David Zaslov runs a bunch of networks that are known for reality programming. Is he have a knack for that? As you have a knack for what is he good at? So
1: he's not a programmer in the in the vein of like a Les Moonves. He's not a numbers guy in the vein of like a Jeff Bezos. He's a salesman. That's his thing. He he spent like twenty years at NBC in ad sales, right? He was the guy who like convinced all the big marketers. Here's why you need to give me more money, right? So that's his that's his forte. And you know, just even talking for two minutes, it's like like what do you Trying to sell me on something. It's like so a lot he's, of he's,
0: lot of hyperbole. A lot of, a lot exclamation of hyperbole. Points. He,
1: he's got yeah, and so I mean, it works for him, right? And he's he's amiable. He's a very likable guy. He comes across as a little intense, but you know, you like him. You know, just he, he doesn't feel like sort of this weird. What
0: guy. do you make of him in this job, where he is running this thing that that in theory is very valuable, that in theory is maybe not competitive with Netflix and Disney, but it may be right below that tier is certainly a real entity complex, there's a linear business, there's a streaming business, it's video subscriptions. Um, is he the right guy to run that company? Is he the guy you'd pick to run that company?
1: I'd say he's the right, he's certainly more right than AT&T, that's for sure. Um, in the universe of media executives out there, I think he's he's up there. He's in the top three or four, certainly. Um, and, you know, I think, his aggressiveness is is the thing that allows him to win. He's always willing to try something different. And that's the other thing. He's agnostic. As sentimental as he is about the media business, he ultimately approaches it with a pretty sort of distanced eye, right? And, you know, Murdoch is actually very similar to that as well. As sentimental as he is about newspapers and he's willing to lose money on some of them, he he also knows how to sort of distance himself and just make the business, business call. And I think Zaslav is a lot like that. So in that way, I think there's potential for real success um but again it still comes down to like how much of a gamble is he willing to make on streaming if he's going to allocate more dollars towards streaming even if it means losses uh the way that netflix had been burning cash for like years and years and years um which was a real gamble much more of a gamble than people realized when they were doing that um you know that's that's what remains to be seen that's the part i don't know how you know it it might still be theater for him right he's going to take up an office on the warner brothers lot he's going to talk to the talent he He's gonna to talk to producers. He's gonna really steep himself even more in the Hollywood world, and I think that's what drives a lot of his ambition. Frankly, right? So yeah,
0: always way. a always a warning sign when people tell you that they want to spend time in Hollywood. Um yeah. but you never know. So let's let's talk about sort of what that company becomes, what the chances are. You know, the beyond the beyond the we're gonna add HBO and somehow sell more cell phones, uh, cell phone service uh, plan that AT and T had. The the other part of their plan was. And they were very vocal about this, and everyone rolled their eyes. They said, HBO is a great product, but it's limited. It only has reached 40 million people. It's not going to get much bigger. We need a lot more. This is actually what John Stanky was telling, Richard Plepler, in the story you wrote about. Um, That made a lot of people upset because a lot of people love HBO. They love the former CEO, Richard Plepler. It seems actually like a pretty reasonable thing to say is we need to compete. We have to get bigger. By the way, we're not strip mining HBO. We're just going to sell more stuff on top of that. That's what HBO Max is called. Hard to explain that, um, but that's what it is. Now it's HBO Max plus a bunch of other stuff from Discovery. Um, It kind of looks like, you know, a good half of what the cable uh, grid used to look like, right? right? HBO and a bunch of other channels. They're kind of reassembling a, a bundle. Um, does that look like a competitive product?
1: I mean, when I flip through HBO max, it looks, it looks actually like the cable grid, right? Like they've got different brands within the service, right? There's a TCM brand, there's, you know, old pie movies, there's HBO itself. Um, look, I think right now it's a really cheap cable bundle if you think of it that way even if you throw in discovery and maybe add a few bucks or something around which it which is
0: also what netflix is right and also what it's kind of what disney was working up to
1: exactly so look i i'm not that smart right i don't really know what the prospects are for what we're seeing from hbo max and discovery plus john stanky was right like it needs more content period right that's what netflix figured out not that long ago so you know it's it's a race for adding more content and in the race for adding more content it's a race for 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 talent right that's that's what's limited and that's what netflix realized only too recently right which is why they created this you know great new headquarters uh, uh in hollywood and Ted Sarandos has been been glad handling all the the talent because that's where the limited pool is right that's you know you can throw all the technology you want at it but you know, the talent is still a limited thing. It's not YouTube. It's not like they're just finding people off the street to create stuff. Someone
0: has to make the show. Someone has to act in the show. There's a limited number of people who can do that well enough to get you to pay attention and or pay money.
1: Exactly. And so I think that's where, that's where, you know, Zaslav might have an edge on that, right? If he's better at courting Hollywood, if he's better at getting Oprah to do other things, you know, if he's better at getting the cutting the next big sort of overall deal right for HBO plus discovery whatever that might be you know yeah that it might might work out well for them
0: um when I write a vox.com story I try to tell it a vox.com reader as a consumer why they should care about that here we're doing it and we're doing this the inverse right we did all the right. techie nerdy stuff at the beginning right. let's say I'm a big HBO fan let's say I'm a fan of HBO Max let's say I'm a fan of HD uh, or I really like 90 day fiance so much fiance 90 day <laughs> fiance so much that I bought discovery plus what does this mean to me the person who likes watching television and pays for some of it
1: so I think if you're, you know, a regular person out there in the world, you know, there's a chance that who knows, maybe you're you're going to get, you know, a slightly better rate on a bundle, right, on a streaming bundle, right? Because I think we've all been inundated with so many new streamers, I think people are paying as much as they were paying cable, right, if, they, if you got all of them. So that might be a plus. Um, and you're going to hope that, well, you know what, it, maybe there's just more money being devoted towards these types of shows that I like, so we'll, will we get more of them? at the same time it just still means competition right there's there's 20 billion dollars that they're looking to spend where are they going to spend it on and every year that might go up slightly but they might take money away from 90 day fiance or property brothers and put it a little bit more in you know warner brothers films for that matter right who knows and so you know that that might mean something for your favorite show in the next few years
0: all this assumes that the deal actually goes through. Um, right. It's not even supposed to close for another year, which is right. great for Disney and Netflix. Everyone's competing against them because right. there's a lot of turmoil. Um, and also, they need to get regulators to sign off on this. Uh, AT- AT&T had to fight Donald Trump's Department of Justice for two years right. in court to get this deal done. Everyone involved in it and said, oh, no, there's not political animus. It sure seemed like there was political animus. <laughs> right. um, but we now have a different political climate um, where there is at least, you know, people are saying they're, they're worried about companies getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I realize this is not your forte, but what's your sense of sort of how you think regulators will look at this deal and will this kick off more
1: consolidation? So, uh, regulators from what I understand, I mean, they've been really focused under the Biden administration, really focused on tech companies, right? That seems to be, um, a big target for them. And, you know, they're looking at tech companies as both platforms and sellers on those platforms, and they might sort of rethink. These are the companies we need to rein in. Exactly right. The truth of it is, is that, you know, the media companies, depending upon how the Biden administration wants to define marketplaces, they're relatively small compared to tech, right? So even this Discovery Warner Media tie up will create probably the second biggest media company after Disney, at least in terms of sales. It's still small. So if you want to define the market, depending on how they want to define the market, you know, there's a good chance this goes through, right? Um, and
0: they will if, certainly say, by the way, we need to do this because we're competing against
1: Apple, exactly Amazon,
0: right. Netflix,
1: TikTok. Right. You're, you're afraid of how big Facebook's getting? Let us do this so we could, you know, compete against them because that's where the competition is now, right? So, you know, if you want to really narrowly define what the media marketplace is, yeah, maybe that deal doesn't go through, but. I think if they're smart about it, which from what I've seen, the regulators that they've they've brought into to the Justice Department seem to be more savvy, they're gonna define the market more widely, right? That it's not just TV eyeballs, but eyeballs are eyeballs, right? So whether they're on Facebook and TikTok or Discovery Plus and Netflix, they're all competing for time. And that's something that Reed Hastings has been saying on call on his earnings calls every quarter. So, you know, I think it through that lens. It should go through.
0: Should we think about the fact that there's a bunch of companies, mostly traditional media companies and also Netflix and then to smaller degrees, Amazon and Apple, who are paying for content, spending a lot of money on actors and showrunners and producers right. and gaffers and all, all of that. And that's one kind of media business. And then there's another kind of media business where we're making all the content for Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. Um Should it matter to a regulator or anybody else whether the stuff that we're watching is made by someone for free or nearly free or whether it's a super expensive Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones product?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I just said product. Um, I meant show. Yeah, no. And I haven't actually even thought of it that way. Um,
0: Right, because TikTok is not going to compete With Discovery Plus for for the the Property Brothers, but the eyeballs you can only watch one thing at a time, maybe two if you if you're a certain kind of person.
1: Right. Like if you're like my sixteen-year-old who is Mm -hmm. on her phone and watching TV at the same time. I don't know how she does, you know. Um Good job, Ed. (laughs) Um No, that's a great question. I would actually I would venture to say that they should. I mean, what I mean by that is They
0: should all be considered the same thing or they they should be considered the same
1: same thing. Here here's why. It's like look. As great as TikTok is, as great as YouTube like is at sort of allowing the handful of people to become millionaires on, on the service, you know, that otherwise wouldn't happen. It's funny. Like I, I think people still want to be on TV, right? Like Charlie D'Amelio, who was the TikTok star, like she, she I think she cut a deal not too long ago to to have a TV show. So it's people still want to be on TV. I, I think they still want the money. they're gonna still do YouTube videos and TikTok videos and make money and be creators and influencers and generate tons of dollars that way. But if there's a chance to be on TV, they're going to take it, you know, and I think that's, you know, they're still playing in each other's pool. And I think that's what discovery does. Actually, they, they look, uh, they look at YouTube to find the next sort of reality star. So they've, they're already sort of kind of trying to mine that market in a lot of ways. And, I, you know, it, it's one thing still. The last
0: them, time that Warner Media traded hands and went to AT and T, it was around the same time as NBC Comcast buying Sky yeah. and Disney buying Fox. We had a wave of consolidation. Everything stopped. Yeah. Do we expect more of these? De- We're waiting for Viacom. We're waiting for any of these other smaller companies to get snapped up. Is that going to happen now, or have they been not snapped up for a reason and they're not going to get snapped up just because of this deal?
1: I think I think it's going to happen now. Or I mean, in the next say eighteen months. That's my guess, right? I think, like like we were saying earlier, if you if you're defining the marketplace as really media and tech, which I think it should be, Viacom CBS is tiny. It's minuscule. It's nowhere near big enough, and they know that, right? Um, and you saw, you know, they're they're not big enough to make it in streaming with the way that I see the numbers. So they need to tie up with someone. NBC Universal, despite having this great sort of Comcast backing, right? And you know, Comcast has a has a great business in their broadband, right? They have great broadband businesses and they're they're doing pretty well, especially during pandemic. But NBC Universal arguably is not big enough on its own, right? Peacock, you know, as a streaming service, is still feels not quite there yet, right? So there it's really there needs to be a tie-up, more of a tie-up among these media guys to create a bigger streaming. Anyway, so that I think that's going to happen soon. You know,
0: quickly. a really good way to visualize all this <laughs> is a chart that I get a credit for with Ronnie Mola, but really you and Ronnie built it. And it, uh, years ago, it was ago. a team effort. You can effort. see it, it, can see it on Rico.net. Yeah. It remains one of our most popular offerings. Ronnie, as we speak, is is recalibrating it every time a deal goes through. She has to redo it. So you can see it there. And when you do see it, you go, that's a great chart. You can thank Ed Lee from the New York Times. Ed, it was Appreciate great to see it. you. I miss you. Yep. Um, i miss I you look too man forward to seeing really? you in real life okay we
1: got to do this in real life now that i'm fully vaxxed. i'm assuming you are yeah you're fully vaxxed. Right i have right? all the vaccines you got all I the vaccines, vaccines I put them so all let's, in. let's do that we need media reporter drinks asap bet, all right yeah. dude if you're listening
0: to this in your media reporter come to ed's house we're gonna have drinks <laughs> see ya take care see ya